Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on A Place at My Table. I'm Valerie and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and we are going to dive into all things school. Homeschool, online school, old school. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair and let's get to it. So today we're talking about school and some of you this might be a nightmare for, Um, but I was not a school person. I did not enjoy school. I would have much rather been um, playing outside than to be stuck inside a schoolroom. So um, for those of you who love school, when I meet somebody who just loves school, like it's their favorite thing. I feel like I just don't know if I can be friends with you. I'm sure I could be, but I mean, who likes school? What kind of person wants to be in school? Anyway, I'm not judging. If you love school, that's great. Um, Some people have good reasons for loving school. They want to be learners. That's good. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit later, but Anyway, um, I am not a morning person. That was one of my big problems with school was that school was in the mornings. And I think if school was in the evenings, I probably would have liked it better. But it was in the mornings. And so um, I did not enjoy waking up to go to school. Now, I wish I loved waking up early. Even now, I don't enjoy waking up early. Um, I wish I did because I feel so productive when I do. And I really do enjoy the mornings that I do get up a little bit earlier and I've got time to kind of just slowly drink my coffee, Um, especially when everybody's still in bed and it's quiet in the house and I can get my day started. I feel a lot more productive, but the problem is that I love sleeping too, so it's quite a struggle. But growing up, being a kid in school, the worst thing to hear was Valerie come on it's time to get up you're gonna be late for school get up Valerie come on and you know I I thought it would be nice to be woken up like with birds chirping you know how Cinderella woke up in the morning after singing a dream is a wish your heart makes and the birds are singing and the sounds of nature are just slowly waking me from my slumber. There's just a little bit of a gentle morning light that's going through the room that just softly grazes my face and awakens me to a blissful, beautiful morning. But that never happened. Most of the time, it was the blinding light of my bedroom light that comes on when my mom flips on the light switch and says, Valerie, come on, get up. And then the intensity grows. So if, you, if you've ever been in this place before that I'm talking about right now and you're growing emotional because of the pain it caused you, but you would lay there and you thought, okay, just two more minutes two more minutes that should be it and in two minutes I'll be ready to take on the world well then mom comes back in and this time the threats begin so then it's Valerie Ann if you don't get up right now I'm getting the spray bottle or this is the one that 
was mostly used. Valerie Ann, if you don't get up right now, I'm getting a belt. So those of you that are can relate with that right now, I'm here for you. Um, but I remember thinking, I will never wake my kids up like this. It's going to be so peaceful and beautiful in the mornings. And I'm going to wake them up with a gentle kiss on the cheek, softly call out their name with a sweet invitation to a delicious breakfast waiting on the table. Yeah, well, that didn't happen either. Unfortunately, reality kind of blasted that dream into bits. There are times, though, that the waking up process has been easy for my kids. I've got four daughters, and some are easier to get out of bed than others, but most often the process resembles that of my own childhood. But thankfully, three out of four of my children are grown into healthy functioning adults, so apparently morning chaos does not do permanent damage. So that is a good thing for all of you out there who your mornings resemble chaos like ours frequently did. But now about 10 years ago, we made the decision to homeschool our children. Um, And I'll go into that a little bit more in a second. But with the exception of Dakota, my youngest, all of the girls started out in public schools. Um, And they were pretty good schools. I didn't have many complaints. The main complaint really was they were at school for eight hours a day. And then they got sent home with four hours worth of homework. And then we would either have church or something going on that we needed to take them to and be a part of. And then we eat dinner and then we go to bed and then it starts all over again. And so I wasn't really seeing my kids a whole lot. And um, not only that, but I wasn't really seeing the academic excellence that I was hoping for for my children. And I totally get it. I mean, I understand you got one teacher, 30 kids, and one teacher can't stop and make sure that all 30 kids have a concept down before they, um, before they move on to the next uh, concept and move through the curriculum. So I get it. Public schools have quotas to meet, and they have to keep moving through the curriculum whether the kids have it or not. Um, so I understand that, but it was obviously causing a problem for my girls And as I learned our first year of homeschooling, how many um, academic gaps there were um, that we had to stop and kind of fill in. But I also noticed that um, in the elementary school level that the agenda and the propaganda that was making its way into the girls' classrooms, they were coming home telling me things that was said. And um, it was just a battle that I thought, do I have to fight this battle? We go through life fighting enough battles. If I don't have to fight this one, I don't want to. (laughs) And so um, the Lord reminded me that my first priority and first responsibility is to my children and to train them up in the way that they should go. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Um, Not let someone else train up your child in the way that they should go. And so I... uh, I knew that God had entrusted me with our four girls, and so I just really started praying. I was like, God, I am not equipped. I am not prepared. I don't have a degree. Um, I'm not a teacher. I never had even considered homeschooling. I really wanted nothing to do with it. So for about six months, I talked to the Lord about it, a research curriculum. I talked to other people who were homeschooling, 
And after a lot of prayer and research, we decided to go ahead and uh, pull the plug and start homeschooling our girls. Uh, Brooke was in seventh grade when we started. Cameron was in fifth and Riley was in third and Dakota was not in school yet. Um, now I'll just tell you this, that just like every homeschool mom, probably I had these amazing plans. Like I was getting ready to kill it. This was going to be the best homeschooling situation of all time. Uh, my classroom was going to be the best. It was going to look like a public school classroom. I envisioned myself standing in the front of the room in front of my children, teaching them, and they would be staring at me with wonder and amazement at how intelligent their mother was. And they would be smiling, and um, I just could see that we would, you know, run through the tulips hand in hand in slow motion. And that was not happening. <laughs> Instead, it looked a little like weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. And I'm not telling about, talking about my girls here. I'm talking about me. But we had some struggles. We had some days where I was like, Valerie, you are a crazy woman. What have you done? Um, but we had a lot of really good days, too. And there were days that things went smoothly. And I felt like they got it. And we made it through without a major meltdown. And so... There were good days and bad days. There were days that I wept because I was so concerned that my girls weren't getting a good education. I knew that I wasn't qualified. Um, there were days that I worried that they would not be functioning human beings and they would just be wasted away. But I came to understand this, and this is what I would tell you. If you homeschool and you can absolutely relate with what I'm saying, Know this, that when you give your best, when you do everything in your power um, and you give your all, that God kind of just steps in and take and makes up the rest. He fills in those places that you're not equipped. And so uh, when I realized that, there was such a great peace that came over me because I had put so much pressure on myself to get it right and, you know, to make sure my girl's met a certain quota and um, I put so much pressure not just on me but my girls my girls could feel it and I would get stressed and tense and and they would feel that and that was never a good combination so but when I came to understand that after I've given everything that I know to give then God steps in and he fills the void. And that was such a great moment for me. Um, so even on the days when I, you know, I still question, I still have some worries and, but in, in behind it all, I know that God is going to take care of, of what I can't. So, um, it has been worth it. I'm just telling you, I absolutely am grateful for the opportunity to homeschool my girls. I know that not everybody has that opportunity. And so, I do not take it for granted. I'm so grateful that we were able to do that because I've had a front row seat now to watch my girls as they learn a new concept. Um, as the, you know, as the light bulb kind of came on, I watched their faces light up and I've watched as creativity came oozing out of them that we didn't know was there. And I've been able to sit around the table and have those deep conversations about biblical principles. And I have, I've been able to do that without having to battle the insanely loud voices of a public school agenda. And I was able to pour into them those values that are so important for us, um, for their spiritual growth, for their emotional growth, their physical growth. Um, so it has been one of the most rewarding things 
um, in my life is, is being able to do that with my daughters. And there's a lot of myths that you can get caught up in um, when it comes to homeschool. One of them was the one that, you know, we were going to dance through tulips hand in hand in slow motion. That didn't happen. So, but another one was that I believed I needed to use the same curriculum for all of my girls. I learned very quickly that was not going to work. So, uh, for instance, a strictly computer-based program worked for one, but the other one was completely lost doing it that way. Um, So I kind of relate it to there are some people, like for me, for instance, when I read a book, I don't want to read it on a tablet. I don't want to read it on the computer screen or an iPad. I want the actual book in my hand. Um, For some reason, having it on paper in my hand, reading it like that, it just computes better. I don't know why. I'm sure there is some expert out there that could explain it to me. But um, And so I found that while Cameron did really well with a computer-based program, uh, Brooke did not. She needed me to print those out on paper, print those lessons out. And once I printed them out on paper, she got it. Um, so there, I started learning that my children have different learning styles. Uh, never really thought of it until then. And so learning that right, correct learning style for my girls was, was quite an adjustment. But once I got it down and figured out, okay, this curriculum works for her, this works for her, this works for her, um, it made the job a lot easier because there was so much frustration when I'm like, why aren't you getting this? What is the deal? And then I, okay, I got this now. So, you know, learning how your children learn the best. Some are very visual learners, some are not. Um, But one of the other myths about homeschooling that I bought into was that I needed to be a teacher. Like I had to have a degree. I had to have all this knowledge and um, I needed to know how to do everything. Uh, But thankfully that is very much untrue. And there are so many resources out there and there's so many curriculums that they don't require the parent to stand up there and have a master's in education to homeschool your children, which is great because I don't. And so There are computer-based ones, like I mentioned, and there's DVD-based where your child can watch a DVD of the teacher in a classroom, and there's interaction between the teacher and the students. Uh, There are unit studies curriculum where your child will work through a series of workbooks, will be quizzed and tested throughout the process. Um, There's a reading-based curriculum where it's basically you read a ton. It's just a lot of reading, and then you write a paper um, to show what you've learned. there and just so many there's so many different options out there um as you go that help you along the way so if you're a homeschool mom just know you're not alone um and i feel your pain (laughs) and there's a lot of others out there that do um now three of my girls have graduated and are moving on uh one of them is at bible college right now another one just graduated graduated this year and is um, getting ready to start a new job And so then we have my last one is still in school and she's in seventh grade. Dakota's in seventh grade. And so this transition of only having one kid in school has kind of, I've kind of been scared. I think it's kind of equivalent to that seasons, those seasons of change in your life. Like when you go from being a married couple to having kids and then when your kids all move out, it's just you and your husband again. And then it's, um, grandkids that season of life and so um 
I'm I'm only going to have one in school. And so I'm like, man, she's really, she is a very independent learner. And the curriculum I have for her is one that she sits and watches the DVD. Um, There are some things that I do with her, but for the most part, she's on her own. And so I'm like, what am I going to (laughs) do? And um, so that leads me kind of into the next part of this podcast that I want to talk to you about is um, kind of pushing yourself um, out of complacency and pushing yourself to do something to challenge yourself. Um, So in May of 2020, my husband and I started a business, Jason State and Leadership Solutions, and we created this online leadership course um, for individuals who just kind of feel stuck in a rut. They're frustrated. They know they need to be doing more, but they just feel stuck. Like there's, I know there's more for me. I know that God has created me to do more than what I'm doing, but I just don't know how to take that first step. And so this, um, course, it's an online course and it's called raising the bar. It's absolutely incredible. So here's my shameless plug for you to go check that out at jasonrstaten.com. And it's the raising the bar course absolutely great. Um, but it was, it's designed to help leaders, individuals to become more confident, um, especially people who are in leadership. Um, it's going to equip you. It's going to help you reach your full potential and then how to help other people reach theirs. So anyway, it's been a great, fun, exciting journey, but it has been a journey. And from the business side of, of things, you know, it's just him and I, and one of the lessons in this online course Um, that he uh, produced talks about getting over complacency in your life. And he mentions that the mantra of complacency is good enough. I'm good. I'm doing good enough. My, my health is good enough. My relationships are good enough. I'm doing all right. Um, And so as I kind of worked through this lesson, I started evaluating myself. I was like, okay, I'm 42 years old. I'm a mother of four, a wife of one. We pastor a church. I'm involved in many aspects of the church and ministry. We have four ducks, six chickens, two dogs, one cat, a psycho fox living out in the woods on our property. Um, so what what else can I do? And I really started to feel like I needed to, to do something more, to step out of, you know, I was pretty comfortable. I'm comfortable with in ministry. I'm comfortable in my home. I'm comfortable with what we've got going on. And so I thought, what do I need to do to stretch myself? I don't want to be complacent. I want to grow. And I know I'm 42, but Lord have mercy, there are still so many areas that I need to grow in. And so I felt like I needed to invest in something that would help me reach my full potential and help our business be the best that it can be. So I decided to enroll in college. And that's crazy because I just got through telling y'all at the beginning of this podcast how much I really don't like school. <laughs> so, but I, uh, you know, I said, I've got to do something to better myself. And so I, um, I Googled, I literally put in Google degree in business management and, uh, I started doing some research and the journey began there. And so right now in the process, I am having to get 45 general education credits before I can enroll in the bachelor's program. So I'm working on that right now. And I just finished a visual communication course. I'm working through English composition, which I'm like, that'll be easy. It's English. I mean, it's grammar. That's so easy. Yeah, it's not. Um, just so you know. 
And um, I'm doing an art history course, which I'm really enjoying. But, you know, it's been 25 years since I've been in school. And my first paper that I had to write, it had to be a narrative essay on a funny experience or a scary experience or just something that's happened in your life. And so, you know, 25 years since I've written a paper that was going to be graded. And let me tell you, I was so nervous. Um, I, when I went to go hit that submit button, I was like, in the name of Jesus. And I just hit submit. I was like, everything you do, do it in the name of Jesus, especially when you're submitting um, an essay that was going to be graded. But anyway, I, uh, I had plenty of material because... You know, I've been married for 24 years. I've got four kids. I have a ton of material on funny experiences and scary experiences. So I had the material. It was just the technical part of writing an essay. So I was pretty nervous. But a few days later, I got my grade back. And out of a total of 50 possible points, I got a 49. And to say I was excited, it was an understatement. I was so excited. I was like, yes. It was, you know, in the grand scheme of everyone else's life, it was probably a small victory. But for me at 42 years old, for a first paper that I've written in 25 years, I was pretty hyped about that. So um, I, you know, I celebrated that. And when you have something in your life that, that is challenging you, when you have something you're working towards, you need to celebrate those little victories. Um, celebrate your wins. Look, there is enough negativity in our lives. There's enough. My own brain is putting me down half the time. So if there's an opportunity to celebrate something I've done well, I want to do that. And it really has lit a fire inside of me to, to do better and to do more. Um, and so I, you know, going back to that lesson on getting over complacency that my husband teaches in that course, it's, it's getting over good enough. I don't want to be just good enough. I want to be great. I want to be great for my kids. I want to be great for my husband. I want to be great for the people that I minister to. And sometimes that requires you to step out and do something that's really uncomfortable. And I think I mentioned it before, but this podcast in and of itself is way out of my comfort zone because I don't, I'm not a super open person. And I'm an introvert and I'm happy at home and I'm happy just to be in my bubble. Um, But so this podcast in and of itself is me jumping out of my comfort zone, but I'm enjoying doing it and I'm enjoying the wins. And so I want to encourage you today, do something that is a little bit difficult. Do something that's going to challenge you. There's a book I made my girls read back when they were early teenagers, like 12 and 13, that age. Um, it's called Do Hard Things. And I got to think, you know, I've been preaching that to my kids, but am I doing that? Am I doing hard things? And um, so I just, I want to encourage you today as we end this podcast, do something that's going to challenge you. Don't just be good enough, but be great. Be great. You know, the Bible says everything that we put our hands to, we need to do it with all of our might. We need to do, when we put our hands to work, we need to give our all to that. And so don't just get by and be complacent, but but just be great. So thank you guys for joining me today. I have so enjoyed talking to you and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a great one.